Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everyone viewing around the world. And welcome to Conversations That Matter with Dr. Sonia. Now, as people are tuning in, I'm going to ask that you do three things for me. And you know what those three things are. The first one, if you can please post in the feed where you're viewing from. The second one, if you have questions, put those in the feed as well. And finally, do me this favor and share the video, invite someone. This is a video that someone will need to see. And if not today, tomorrow. And I see you, I see that finger slowly inching up there to hit that share button. So go ahead, hit that share button and share this video. Now, I remember when I was younger, of course, you know, that wasn't too long ago, that um, I used to have this thought that I knew everything. And if you ask my kids today, they'll tell you, you think you still do. But this is what I know. This is exactly what we think of the younger generation. Does this sound familiar? You think you know everything. You're still wet behind the ears. And I also remember this phrase I used to say. This is how we used to do things. Or back in the day. In essence, we both viewed each other negatively versus what we see in ourselves. We need to train our children on how to express themselves in a positive and negative way that is open, honest, respectful, and direct. Now we're going to dive into the mindset of the younger generation today. I've invited Professor Matias to co-host with me. You will be seeing a lot more of him in the future. So let me go ahead and bring him on. Dr. Matias? I don't see you. Hello? Okay, there you are. <laughs> so, oh, thank you. <laughs> okay. He was here with me back in May, some of you remember. And I introduced him as the I Change Nations 2020 African Educator of the Year. And I also said he was the youngest educator. He's a World Civility Ambassador. He is both a life and relationship coach. Dr. Matias is the pioneer of the genius philosophy, which postulates that every human being is born a genius. He is the founder and president of the World Changers Initiative, a non-government initiative that promotes civility, honor, and inner peace. Inner peace, I'm sorry. He is an author, a reinvention strategist, a master coach. He holds a doctorate of philosophy from the United Graduate College and Seminary International, as well as being the vice chancellor. Professor has his own show called The African Civility Show. Now, a couple weeks ago, I also had mentioned that the conversations that mattered is my initiative, my global initiative, dedicated to educating, informing, and uniting people on, a diff on difficult topics and uplifting others. I mentioned also that I wanted to bless others with my gift that I possessed. I said that I wanted to go to my grave with the best work inside of me shared. I also wanted to 
somebody's mic. Is that your, is that your, could you put me on mute for a second? Put yourself on mute for a second. Thank you. I also said that I didn't want to go to my grave with the breastwork inside of me, that I wanted to maximize my potential. I wanted to die empty and leave a legacy. And the younger generation gets it. They get it. They understand what it means to impact lives. So this is the time to work with them, to prepare them for the next level. So I'm going to ask Dr. Matias to go ahead and introduce our guest. And I'm going to have him, I'm going to bring him out right now and ask that he tells you or shares a little bit about with you about our guest for today. So give me a minute. Professor, you're on mute. Yes. Uh, first and foremost, I want to appreciate your work. Say thank you so much for having me on your show especially as a co-host. I wanted to know that I do appreciate your work so much. I wanted to know that your work is brilliant, that lives are being changed globally because of, uh, of your show, Conversations That Matter, because it's all about conversation. It's the same. I, I was doing a study some years ago, and I realized I was talking about the power of words or communication in that every war begins with words and every ceasefire again comes back to words. So that's why your show is phenomenal, it's so powerful. I wanna say to you, uh, before we go and delve into further into this show today, please, please keep up the good work. Uh, thumbs up. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, I love what you just said. The desire you have to die empty by empowering the next generation. It's, that's, that's, I, I just wish and pray that more people, especially in Africa, would think like that because we like to hold positions and stay here. I want to die on my seat. I don't pass the baton. So to have someone of your caliber thinking like that, for me, is amazing. And uh, again, thank you so much. And please uh, keep up the good work. We need people such as you on earth today so that the world can be a better place to be in and so that we can also better uh, mankind. So ladies and gentlemen, you are just on the right platform today and please tune to this show every weekend. I mean, every week is so powerful and very transforming. And then uh, for today, we have two special guests. The first one right here on the show is uh, Mr. Onesim Singer. He's a young man from Mozambique. He's a motivational speaker and also the author of a very powerful book. The book is called In Our Language, O Emprendedor de Success. But then on uh, a free translation, we may call it The Successful Entrepreneur. And this book was released in 2016 and was prefaced by the former Minister of Communication and Transport. Onesim Singer will be releasing his next book right in December. And then this book has been released by the former, mean, uh, I mean, by the former president of Mozambique, His Excellency Joan Kim Shisano. Mr. Singh is a TV host and a content producer for the Business Insight TV program. And he's also an entrepreneur, a tourist guide, and a freelance translator and interpreter. Last but not least, Onesim Singh is also the founder and the CEO of OBN. OBN is a personal and organizational consulting and training company. Mr. Singer, welcome to the show. 
thank you so much uh, for this opportunity. Thank you, Dr. Mateus Mutolia. Thank you, Dr. Sonia, for this opportunity to participate in this program, uh, the conversation that matters. So it's a great uh, opportunity for me to be in this program. And uh, from Mozambique, Africa, to the world. So thank you so much. You're so welcome. I'm glad you could join us today. Thank you. The next, we have our next uh, special guest. Uh, her name is uh, Cecilia Demanda. She's a, uh, a communication specialist. She's just powerful into this. She's a communication specialist. That's why she's also, again, the right guest for this special show, Conversations That Matter. She's a communication specialist and also a master of cer ceremonies. She's also a radio announcer and a producer of radio programs. And she was trained by the national radio uh, station, the first one, a national one right here in Mozambique called the uh, Mozambique Radio or Radio Mozambique. For more than 10 years, uh, she has given her voice to contribute to, to, towards the development of her community. She just did a phenomenal job in community development right here in, in Mozambique through sharing of empowerment, empowering messages through education. That's what she's been working with for the past 10 years. I mean, more than 10 years. Then for the couple, few, few, a few years ago, she has been uh, uh, the mentor or a mentor of a training program called How to Speak in Public. And she's been doing a very great job as far as this uh, public speaking is concerned right here in Maputo. And then uh, mind you that she was the first social activist of her voice fund in Mozambique in the year 20, uh, 2018 and 2019. Her voice fund, uh, she was uh, uh, an activist for her voice fund in Mozambique. And mind you that this, uh, this is a funding project of the global fund in Mozambique with the aim of supporting policy girls and young women as far as far as the, the, the fight against HIV, AIDS, and uh, sexual and reproductive education is concerned. Cecilia Demande, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Dr. Matheus Mutella, for this um, humble introduction. Thank you, Dr. Sonia, for this amazing show. I'm so excited to be part of this amazing project that is transforming people's life through communication. I used to think that we can build, we can destroy, we can change nations through communication. How we speak, to whom we speak, with the right words, we can do awesome things. And today, it's not going to be different. Here we are to do it. Thank you so much for this amazing opportunity to be part for the conversations that really, really matter. Thank you, thank you. So what I wanna share before we go any further, a couple weeks I had mentioned that um, I had Soya Chan on the show and I said I would be working with her to train her to host her own show which would be Conversations That Matter in Nairobi. Now the good news is I'm working with the professor today to, to train him to have his own show. And guess what that's going to be? Conversations that matter, Mozambique. 
Wow. wow. My job wow. right now is that I'm going to work with a younger generation to put in place conversations that matter in various countries. Because in the end, we're going to have conversations that matters that impact the world. That yes. is my goal. So, and before we get started with the first question, I also would like to throw out here this. This is what I have realized. The truth is the younger generations were not raised the same way as I was or the baby boomers or the Generation X. They, the world that they were being prepared for no longer exists. So we have to change that narrative. The millennials are not different. The technology is different. They have learned to use what is available to them to get the information that much quicker. So I wanna thank you, both of you, for joining us today. And we wanna get a millennial perspective on the title of assertive communication and the generation of the social behavior change. So with that being said, I wanna start off by asking the professor, why does he feel this topic is important? Assertive communication and the generation of social behavior thing. Why is that important? First, I'll say that uh, we've been trying to change uh, people's behavior as far as uh, in, uh, personal lives and also their social lives. But then uh, the, I think that the way we approach them, the way we talk to them does matter a lot because if we uh, uh, speak to them in, a, for example, an aggressive way, condemning manner, you find that they tend to resist what they've been taught or challenged to change in their, in their own lives. So we need to find a better way to approach them and help them understand the need for them to change. That's why then communication is very important because when, it's, when you talk about assertive communication, it does allow you to express yourself in a direct and honest manner so that you express your views and then without uh, belittling the, the, the thoughts and the feelings and opinions of other people. On the other hand, you find that sometimes uh, people don't express what they're feeling in their hearts because they're of fear of being misinterpreted, because of fear of being, uh, uh, of, 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 of getting their thoughts across, and then they tend to keep it within themselves. So they go through a situation, maybe it's hurting them, maybe they're hurting someone else, but they can't just express themselves. So. This uh, uh, talk will help us understand the need to express and the voice our thoughts and feelings and the opinions, but then without hampering the thoughts and feelings and opinions of other people. In a, additionally, it will help us build a solid belief foundation and a deep conviction, because as we have this conviction in ourselves, in our lives, when we get to, we stand our ground, but then we know how to express ourselves in a way that will be acceptable, understood, but without hurting other people. Yes, that's good. And especially with everything that we go have going on in the world today, with the injustice, and you know, we've got we've, we've got so many things going on. The pandemic. We need to be able to address each other without having someone just go totally off. I mean, because here in the United States. You know, we may say something to somebody over here in the corner. They, they don't have a problem with going to get a gun and come back. But we need to teach people or people need to understand how to have these conversations with other people without offending them. Exactly. So my first question will go to Cecilia. 
What does assertive communication look and sound like to you? I think when you definitely speak direct to someone or to something or to a situation, when you communicate straight to the point without giving, without going to, you just go straight to the point. If it is yes, if it is yes. If it is no, it is no. Like you should, um, you should start to see something like this. You should start to speak like this because we have uh, the same question. We can see from two sides of the coin. So assertive communication, in my opinion, is when you go straight to the point. You just go focus. You communicate according to what you want to transmit with um, very objective when you just go like you see you know what you want to say you know exactly to whom you want to to say it and then you just focus very straight to the point this is it is what it is for me assertive communication for example i'm gonna give a simple example i used to see people when they want to transmit how they feel it, like in the spirit, they used, many people think that there is something related to the colors and they used to wear white, for example. And they want people to feel like they are in peace, they are very welcoming. So people used to think that if they use white, for example, in the day of the peace, they will feel like in peace, they will transmit peace so they do it in purpose so i think that this is assertive communication okay so let me ask this question because sometimes when you're, you're direct with people they um they get offended by that because um they just think that you're being rude so how do you get around that we need to take care of the word that we use we can be straight to the point by being kind being gentle just using the right way the right word but uh be kind with the person you need to also see and read the special the the, the special what the body of that person is communicating to you the facial expression of that person what is it saying to you while you are talking to this person so you can have a lot of it, of the answers and uh, the right words. You can find the right words to communicate to that one person. That is why it's really important when you are communicating with anyone, no matter with which age, you just need to read the body language. You just need to pay attention. Which kind of expression in the face this person is making? What this person is communicating to you? Okay. Even when we are in public, in public, many people when they are tired, they used to cross their hands. But for other people, crossing their hands doesn't mean that they are bored. Doesn't mean that they are just done of listening to you. You just need to see what exactly they are communicating, and many of those signs can be read in our face. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh Dr. Sonia, if you allow me, I'd love just to add to the same question, just uh, as Cecilia was explaining what, uh, how she understands assertive communication. I have this question. How do we bring this, what you're just talking about, being direct to the, to the people, 
in a, in a, a social cultural setting, like let me say Africa. In Africa, by, uh, by nature or culturally speaking, we are not allowed to be direct to people, right, in our communication. We have to hear about the bush, and we are not even allowed to express ourselves to the fullest. We, we are taught to, uh, to suppress, yeah, suppress our thoughts and feelings, even when we are hurting, okay? We are hurting inside, inside. We have to suppress our feelings, our thoughts. We have to accept whatever, whatever it is that is there or whatever, whatever it is. So uh, how do you bring that in, in, in a cultural setting, such yeah. as the example just came to? Okay, so here, um, you know, we go through, and, and I'm going to use myself as an example, because I'm a, a direct person. And because people, when people know you and they know how you come across, how you present yourself, it's not as bad. But when you're, uh, for the first time, you're approaching someone and you're having this conversation and you're direct and, you know, people tend to um, formulate this opinion of you. Even though they say, you know, you have the right to voice your opinion or you have the voice to a right uh, to voice your thoughts, you still need to be careful in how you say it. And it gets back to what Cecilia said about the body language, the facial expressions. And, you know, and, and right now I have a tendency because I actually used to have somebody with me that was a compassionate person so they could clean up what I said. So I, you know, I, I'd be if if it was a church meeting or something, and I'd say that, and we had a meeting afterwards, and you know, I I said it the way I meant it because my thing is I don't ha I don't have the time to take to figure out how to say it that I don't hurt mean to hurt your feelings. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but I just want you to understand what it is that I'm saying. So, like I said, I used to have this person that used to go with me and say, well, this is what she's saying or this is what she means. But the problem with that is sometimes that is not what you meant. So I just had to work on myself in order to, you know, to at least get in that medium where I wasn't being offensive to people when I was saying what I had to say. I don't back off of what I have to say. You know, I am very direct. I, I try to be respectful. I try to be um, positive with it. And I always come back with something um, something positive. So it may be something like, instead of saying, well, do it this way, well, have you tried doing it this way? Or what are your thoughts about this? So it get, still gets back to where I want to be, but I've learned pretty much to let them think it's their idea by the words that I choose to say. Does that answer your question? Yeah, sure, sure. It does, it does, it does. Okay. Yep. So I try to make it. I'm trying to try and make them feel like, you know, they they had input or this was, you know, their direction or whatever else by putting it back on them. Have you tried this or what about this or what do you think about this? And then the other day I was on a phone call with someone and they called me and they says, well, this is what I want to do and blah blah blah. And I says, well, you know, um, did you think about this? And so it's like I just put a bunch of alternatives there and it was like. Take a couple of days, roll this over, think through this, and then come back to me and let's have another discussion. Right. Okay. Let me just let me just throw another question here. Maybe to the, our, our panelists, maybe one can have a, a different thought about this. Uh, you're speaking about Cecilia spoke about. Uh, you also think Dr. Sonia emphasized 
the importance of uh, of a verbal communication. We need to observe that and all that. Mm-hmm. But then back again to a cultural setting whereby uh, we are not allowed, uh, for example, what, what called this? Okay, to look in someone into into his eyes, straight into the eyes. Yeah, it's culturally not acceptable. It's, it's a sign of disrespect, right? On mm-hmm. on on some point of the side of the world, but then on the other side of the world, if I don't gaze right into your eyes, is again a sign of disrespect. So we are talking about assertive communication, and we need to watch body language. How do we bring this together? Okay, so if let's say I was coming there to visit you, before mm-hmm. I before I do that. I would go ahead and read up on your cultures. So uh, okay. I'm going to know before I come into your country what is uh, what's a positive, what's a negative, what I should do, and what I shouldn't do. I like that. You can't, you can't go into someone else's country and disrespect them. And and that's a lot. That's something that people don't do is that when they travel, they really don't study the country's culture before they get there. But that is what we have to do before we go to other countries is to understand their cultures. I like that. Okay. Mr. Sini, okay. you want to say something? Yes, Mr. I want Sini. to say something. something. Uh, so health communication is the basis of everything, of every kind of relationship, business transaction, relationship between a man and a woman, uh, relationship between politicians. Uh, uh, so communication plays a major role in everything. So I think for us to be assertive, we need to be empathic, what is called uh, empathic communication. Mm-hmm. So the empathic communication involves not only to listen to what someone says or can say, but also to try to understand what someone can say. So when you listen and you understand your being empathic, in this process, then you know how to uh, respond or to answer or to communicate effectively. In this process, you're going to be assertive in communication. So I think that could be my view. And also, in a culture where we where we have people uh, that cannot talk, if you talk to someone is uh, like disrespecting the person, and in another culture, things are done by expressing yourself, by talking, expressing your thoughts. I think the key is to understand first the culture of the person you are trying to communicate with. If you understand the culture and also you become empathic in the process of communication, then you'll be assertive. I agree. And only because I only heard half of that. Uh, thank you so much for that. Pre- uh, I just want to ask you, uh, our dear panelists, could you share with us some uh, key strategies that can help someone be uh, successfully be assertive in communication? Just some key strategies. What can our viewers do so that they can become uh, uh, successful in the implementation of assertive communication? Maybe start with Onesmo right now. First, 
we have to listen with the aim of understanding. Listen with the aim of understanding. Not just okay. to listen. We have to listen with the aim of understanding. So when we listen with the aim of understanding, we're going to know how can we effectively communicate or answer to the person we are talking to. So in number two, we have to be empathic in the process of communication. When you are empathic, when someone's talked to you, you listen to the person and you try to position yourself in the place of the person you're talking to, you're communicating to. So in this process, you will know how to measure your words, what to speak, when to speak, and how to speak, because you are empathic. You are not just a listener, but you try to understand uh, the, the, the emotions, uh, the situation of the person you're talking to. So if you, are, you listen to understand, and also you are empathic, you will position in the place of the person, then you'll find strategically how can you respond or communicate effectively, not, not to hurt the person, but to help the person to overcome or to understand your position or your point of view. I think this could be some steps that could help our viewers on how to be effective in, in communication. Hmm. Okay, so let me ask you this. Um, when you're talking, when you're talking, let's say you're in a meeting or whatnot, and you're trying to persuade or change someone's mind who's already made up in their mind what, what they're going to do, what they're going to say, what they're not going to do. And you're trying okay. to, and you're trying to, in your own way, tell them that they need to be you know, more open, more flexible in order for, for the project to move along. You know, If you don't change or become flexible with it, you're gonna always get what you always got. Mm -hmm. So right now, you know, they need to be more flexible in their understanding and willing to work with someone else. How would you go about having that conversation? Uh, can you come again? with a question so that I can understand well. I didn't okay. get it perfectly. Okay, so we're gonna leave this on a business, it's a business perspective, it's a business, we're in a business meeting and you have someone- Okay, that I'm sorry? Yes. Okay, so they're coming into the meeting and when they get to the meeting, they are their mind is already made up. They're gonna say no, no matter what, whatever it is that you say, they're gonna say no, they're gonna disagree with you. You need to find a mm -hmm. way to convince them that that is not the best option. So, you know, you need to be more flexible. You need to be more open. If we're going to move this forward, you know, somehow you need to convince them that they need to change their mind or how they look at things. How would you have that conversation? Um, I, I, I deal with many people in the process of, of business. I had um, a situation like that once when I presented to someone the idea of uh, writing a book, and the person told me that the book won't sell in Mozambique. So what I say to the person as a reply, I just say, okay, no problem. Then I try to work on my own in order to, to create um, an opportunity for myself. 
I think if we have this process of communication when people don't agree with us, the best thing is to look on the positive way uh, that could be why you don't agree with my perspective. So we have to look the positive point in the process of communication. Even though the way people talk to us is not positive way, it's negative way, we have to look the positive side of it. So if we look the positive side in the process of communication, even though we can be hurt, then we will find what can be strategically uh, good for us. So I think this could be my position. Okay. Professor, you have anything you want to add? Sorry, I just wanted to add something to what um, Singa was saying, that the way we speak to people, many times they are really ring wrong. Many times it's they are doing they're about to do the worst business ever, ever. And I just think how it's it's all about the way we, we pronounce our words, how it sounds to that one person. Because sometimes we are right, we are totally right. But that one person feels like it's our business, it's our decision, but I'm the right one person. And that one person can really feel like attacked or getting yeah. shocked just because we are showing another point of view. So yeah. I'm gonna give you a simple example. If I say, for example, Anas Musinga, what you just said, it wasn't right. You are totally wrong. He can be like, whoa, 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 what's going on with Cecilia? But if I say, Anasimo, what you just said, maybe we can try to see from another point of view. And the way that I spoke, the way that I put my voice, the way that I put my eyes, how I'm looking to him, the way that I'm taking slow as I'm speaking to him, he can be like, okay, I don't agree with Cecilia, but she's been like kind, humbled, yes. you know? So yeah, this is emphatic communication. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So let me try to see. Let me just, you, he's going to be like, let me just try to see from Cecilia's point of view. But he knows that he has made his mind like he just went this way. But because of the way that I put my voice, I was looking unto him. You know, we as women, we have this sweet thing inside of us. I think it's something from above. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dr. Mateusz, but all the no, we have something, you know, there is something sweet in women. <laughs> I really admire this. And <laughs> when a woman is speaking, sometimes it just, she just turns <laughs> her head, you know, and she just opens her eyes. It's something really natural. And we need to use that. We need to use that to make good things, to have, to achieve good goals, you know to do what is assertive. This is what we are talking about, assertive communication. We need to, to use all of our tools, all of our tools. Yes, 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 that's good, that's good. Okay, 
So my next question, um, Singa, um, how does assertive communication impact personal and social behavior? So um, assertive communication has got um, a great role in social behavior because if we are assertive, as I was saying before, we we don't we 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 don't only listen, but we we look to understand uh, at the person's view. Then we are going to create um, a social change that can be positive in many ways. Let's suppose, as Cecilia was saying, if um, I disagree um, in in a, in a good way, being kind while I'm, I'm in the point of agreeing with other person. So this can make the reaction or the social behavior be positive, although I didn't agree with the perspective of the other person. So to be assertive in communication can help uh, uh, our social behavior in many aspects. We can avoid lots of problems. We can avoid lots of social uh, conflict, uh, for example, recently in the United States, we have people um, making strikes because of racism and um, lots of things. But I believe if there were a, a way in which people of the United States could communicate assertively, uh, many problems that we had could have passed. So most of the problems that the world faces today uh, passes from the way we communicate, uh, if we can communicate effectively, assertively, we can avoid lots of problems socially. So I think um, assertive communications is, is a great tool to help on how we can um, have uh, a health social relationship. Okay, so you brought this up and I'm going to ask the question. So when you said USA, and we talked about the protests because of the harassment, we talked about the protests because of the social injustice, because of the, the killings. We've got all these things going over here, on, have all these things going on over here in the USA. If you yes. were here and you were to put a plan in place, you and Celia, tell me, how would you fix it? If I was a U.S. citizen, I could I could try to to talk to my mates, uh, explaining them that um, the protest itself is not um, one of the ways or the unique way to solve our differences. So we can solve our differences by sitting together and communicate together and sharing our difference and find the common goal that unites us. So here in Mozambique, we have our biggest president, Jean-Guy that is called uh, around the world as a diplomat. So he says that the dialogue, the conversation can solve all the problems we have, all the differences we have. So I think I could um, talk to my mates uh, in this manner of conversation, looking at conversation, assertive conversation, as a way of solving our differences. Although we have differences, but we have many things in common. We breathe the same air, we need the same food, we have 24 hours a day, we have seven days a week, and we have 36, five 
there is a year. So we have many things in common. We want to create a great America for all of us. So why can't we sit together and solve our difference and find the ways that we can work together? So I think it could uh, work on this perspective. Okay. Um, allow me, uh, Dr. Sonia. When uh, Onesimo was speaking about it, I just remem rem remember a case that happened at, um, in a certain country. And there was this situation. The president, you see, many people used to steal from others in a certain neighborhood and etc. And the people were really, really mad. And they were like sending letters to the president and so on. And uh, it used to happen that people used to go to the newspapers just to report it because they were really tired, like calling, like, we want cops here. We are not feeling secure. We have our daughters walking around this neighborhood and it's not safe. What I just realized as a person who studies public relations and journalism is that if that president just took one day, one day, five minutes, it will be enough. Just five minutes to say, speak unto the nation, like my sons, my daughters, my country, I'm here with you guys. This is not something that it's passing by. This is not something that I'm just ignoring. This is not something that I just don't matter. I'm just leaving it. Just five minutes or five minutes, I can say that it's, it's, it's too much. Maybe two minutes, just two minutes. Saying something, you know, just making sure that we know that we are together. We have this disconnection because assertive communication shows and reveals that there is someone from that one side, that, that the other side, that want to communicate something, that we have this bond, we have this connection. So it ended up to be a very big problem just because of two minutes that could be solve it all. So I totally agree with uh, what Singer was saying. Okay, okay. Professor. <clears throat> I just want to go back to what Singer was just saying a little bit, just a few minutes back. And uh, he was talking about uh, putting an effort into communication, trying to express ourselves, get ourselves heard, which is okay. But my question is, what if the other side does not want to listen to us? And that's big on the example you gave on United States. It's, it's beautiful when you're talking about that right now. Let's uh, talk to my, my, my mates, my friends, my brothers. Let's sit, let us, you know, uh, uh, go through dialogue, which is okay. But the question is, what if the other side simply will not listen? Because if, if I'm going to bring that, bring that into Africa, for example, what was the main cause of civil wars in Africa right after independence? We had one group of people fighting for colonial independence. And shortly after that was conquered, there was civil war. And what was the main reason? Communication. Mm -hmm. Communication. Because uh, uh, the, when they were fighting to overcome, to defeat uh, uh, the colonial masses, they had one thought, one purpose. But shortly after that, for example, Mozambique, 
the agreement was that after uh, colonial independence, they were going to run for uh, run. They're going to be uh, elections, presidential elections. They're going to introduce democracy, but that did not happen. So the group split. There's just one group. It tried it divided into two, and then we had the civil war. So my question is, what if the other side simply will not listen? How far do you go with dialogue? Um, because in, in all the process of communication, um, there will be a part that uh, won't, um, won't let uh, uh, won't let himself involved in a way to, to let others gain opportunities that is displaced for all. Because communication is like a, a business transaction. If we communicate, like doing a business transaction. So in business, we have people that want to gain everything sometimes. But we have people that play win-win process. So in part, if there is no win-win process, there is no way that we can have effective communication. So we have to have this in mind. In communication, we have to have a win-win process mm -hmm. also. Okay, and just to add to that, um, what runs through my mind as we have this conversation, and again, I'm going to use what's going on over here in the USA because you know we have we have a red team and we have a blue team, and we can't seem to get on this on the same page because they're 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 opposing teams and they're fighting each other. But some kind of way, you know, we need to be able to get everybody to the table. There has to be a common denominator that's going to get everybody to the table, and in some cases, you need to find what works for this side and what works for this side in order to okay. get a table. And when you win, do win that, process. I'm sorry. Win-win game. Right. Because both of you are going to have to give up something. You're going to have to give up something in order to come to a conclusion. You know, you're going to have to collaborate and you're going to have to do all these different things, but nobody's going to walk out that room as a, uh, as a complete winner, as a total winner. But you need to focus on what's the number one goal, what's important for everybody, what is going to be the determining the, the winning determining factor here in order for us to go forward. So as I sit here and I look at what's going on today, it's like neither one of you have the people's interest. It's about party, it's not about people. How do we get it back to the people? Because if we continue to go down the road that we're going and it gets back to what Professor said, you know, we're gonna have another civil war. And you see that slowly breaking out. That's what's starting to happen. And somebody needs to take the role, the leadership role, to be the first to say, okay, we all need to get together. We all need to come to the table in order to address and fix the problem. There is no gonna, there's not gonna be a winner. There's not gonna be a, a loser. We're gonna have to come up with a common ground that we both walk out of here as winners per se. And that's what I don't see going on over here. It's all about party. You're putting the party over the people and the people need to get together and, and, and come up with. And I guarantee you, if enough people get together, we can make this work. But it's not just the leaders. It's about the people. Do you agree or disagree? Yes, I do. Real I agree with the point that uh, in the process that we have disagreement, 
with many different groups, we have to find what's a common dominator factor for all of us. What is, is the most important thing that United has? Yeah. Then we solve our difference by th this way. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when you have when you have the re I mean when you have the, the groups in place, you know, you're gonna talk about well what's worked for you and what didn't work. You know, ask the other mm -hmm. side that. Well, can maybe we put together everything that's worked and, and look at that that framework and maybe come up with something that will work for everybody. But immediately, you know, this person, right, because immediately if this person says something, well, we did that, it didn't work. Well, okay, can you tell me why or why not? Don't just say it didn't work, you know, have a, a solution, have an alternative, have something to say. We're so quick to say, well, that's not going to work, but we don't want to, you know, share anything more than that. And that's never going to work because anytime you throw out a problem, you should always have a solution. Thoughts? Professor, anybody, any thoughts? <clears throat> I just love the, 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 the idea of uh, the thought of looking for common denominator. I think that's the, that's the key, basically. Uh, I'm good. I'm happy. Thank you so much for that's the, that's the key, basically. Okay. Um, your question next, Professor? Yes. I just want us, I'm going to skip it maybe the, 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 into this, uh, this question. Let us... I believe that uh, the one of the greatest and more probably powerful units in society is the family, is the family. Now, my, my question, I'd love to have our panelists discuss how can parents successfully implement assertive communication in order to build character and integrity in their children? Because I, I remember there used to be a saying, uh, I heard this many years ago, that said that charity begins at home. Yes. Charity begins at home. So we can add to that character, integrity, and all that begins at home. So how can we use, uh, as, how, how can parents use uh, this master key, assertive communication, to build character and integrity in their children so they become uh, better people by themselves and also better citizens? Please help us understand this, our panelists. Thank you for the question. Cecilia, you can have your time. I just I just want to say something. I just want to say something very simple like this. The way we want to be treated, we need to treat others. If we want to receive honor, we need to give honor. No matter if that one person is older than you, is younger than you, if we want to receive honor, we need to give honor. And we need to make sure that we do it while we are alive. If I want my families, like as a mother, if I want my babies, my kids, to be people of good and amazing and example character, I need to show them that me, it all starts from me. So how can I want my kid to be speaking in a very polite way, in a very assertive way with everyone, in a very educated way? If I don't speak, I don't teach, 
my children to speak like that while I'm teaching, while I'm speaking with him. So it all starts with me. I can't be saying like, don't kill a person. I'm a person that believes that many times my example, my actions speak more than my words. They are more, they can be more assertive. They can really be more assertive than my words. So if I be like, don't do this, don't do that, but I am doing while I'm saying don't do it. How can this child can 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 grow up like this? So for me, it's just like this. If you want to teach your children how to speak assertively, be the first one to speak assertively with your children. Mm -hmm. I've got the okay, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, I think there is no uh, a best way, as far as I'm concerned, a best way to to teach or to express effectively uh, to your family by example. So the best way could be my example as a, a father. My example has a a spouse, a husband, uh, the way I communicate to my wife, uh, the way I communicate to my kids, I think this could be the best way that I want to shape on them the good character uh, in, in their way of living in society and so on. So if I want to have a family or kids that will be uh, assertive in their way of communication in the society. I should be myself the first one to start that from the way I do, the way I communicate in my family. So myself, I should be the example. I do agree with Cecilia that when she says that my actions are more assertive than words. So my actions is everything. So nothing is best than example. So we have to be example as parents uh, if you want to have uh, a family that is assertive the way that communicates. Mm, okay, okay. Professor? So I'm sorry. Yes. There is another thing I, I want to add. We, we need to be assertive in the way we communicate, but I have to, to accept that it's not an easy process. Uh, it's not an easy process to be assertive, but this is the way we have to be if we want to create a, a social behavior that is um, effective. Right. Uh, thank you so much. But then, um, you want to say something, Cecilia? Please, sir, allow me to. Please. I just want to add something that to what Singa was saying. He said that it's not it's not an easy process. I would say maybe that everything it's a process. Everything. Everything it's a process. So we definitely need to be patient. Patient it's a key. Patient is a very, very big key. Sometimes I used to I used to be tough on myself because of the things that I use and to understand just like that. And I wish I could understand just like that. But I realized that patient 
is a key. Everything, many things in life are a process and we definitely need to enjoy the process. The process is what's going to reveal us the very keys and mysteries of certain things. So we just need to put that in our mind. Right. Uh, thank you so much. But then uh, I, I want to insist in something. I like you both, uh, our panelists, to give me, give us practical examples. I understand that the parents has to be an example. You must be the first to demonstrate, incorporate, incorporate, or uh, wear, you know, the, the assertiveness jacket, so to speak. But then. I need a practical example. Is of talking to children, training them. What are practical steps? What could a parent do? In in in, in uh, I need concrete actions, practical actions, to instill in their children uh, assertiveness. For example, let me bring this. Uh, let me uh, for example, let me say your child is playing, you know, outside home with friends and all that, and then. Your neighbor comes and knocks into your door and tells you that your child has hit or beaten her child. And then or maybe they're fighting outside and you, you, you find out that you realize that your neighbor is shouting your children, your child, you go out of the home, you want to find out what's happening and they tell you that your child is being bullied and beating your neighbor's child. That's why she or he is reacting. Right on the ground, what would you do? Or what should the, uh, <laughs> how should a parent be? A father or mother to instill assertiveness into his child? Over to you. That's a tall one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tall one. Um, I used to, to hear stories from my parents uh, when they were kids. So at that time, uh, let's say 40 years back, um, other families uh, besides the, my, my, my parents' family could be uh, the second educators or the second parents. So now things changed. Now things change. So um, the way things change is like uh, my kids are not supposed to be rebuked if I'm wrong, uh, if they make any mistake by others, uh, even by their teachers. So I'm the only one responsible for my kids. Uh, I'm the only one who's, who has to rebuke them if they're wrong. So I think the, the, the question is challengeable. For me, it could be a tangible question. But what I could do uh, in this situation would be to try to understand what happened around uh, the, 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 my neighbor and also try to understand from my, my son what happened and look the suitable way to address my, my child on how he has to behave when he's out of home and how he how he has to play with his friends. I think I could try to do that. 
Cecilia? Um, well, that one was really tough, was really tough. And uh, <laughs> I totally agree with everything that single was saying, every single point of it, because we grow up in an environment that if we do something wrong, our mommy used to come and talk with me and talk with the other kid. Now she's been like, no, I can't talk with this kid because her mommy will come. And then things are really, really, really different now. But um, I just think that as Singa was saying that we need to speak accordingly to what we want to transmit to our child. And for example, if I see someone or a kid doing something so bad like that i will tell like my kid and that, that one person did wrong to you okay he did he was bullying you yes he was but you are different you know that that was wrong so you need to show him something is worth more than he's is waiting what it is love show him love he came to you he was speaking really wrong to you you were in peace okay show him love and what you can do in practical what you can do give him a hug you know uh dr sonia professor mateus mutola and Ms. singer if when you give someone something that that one person is not expecting you are shocking that one person his mind can just blows. I know it's tough, very tough, even for me that I'm speaking, very tough. <laughs> comes and slap you and then you just say to your kid, my kid, he did that? Yes, he did. You first, gonna give him a hug. Show him that you're different. Show him how you communicate. This is how you have learned. This is how, this is your posture. This is how I've grown, I've teach you how to be. This is the kind of human being that I want you, my kid, to be. So show him love. And for sure, definitely, if you give another slap, that one person will be like, yeah, you just like me. You know, you mm -hmm. just like me. But if you give a hug or if you show that one person love, I know that this, it's a, it is very beautiful to say, <laughs> let me tell you, it's very beautiful to say, what am I saying? But it's it's something that I've just realize with the past past years past days with everything that is going on in the whole world so that's it this is my my point of view for now so just a question and uh, i'm gonna ask professor um he was very passionate about that when he was asking that question is that something that happened to you? <laughs> so so cecilia what if the other kid takes this as a sign of weakness and they continue to hit on him then what would you do oh my goodness oh my goodness i've never i've never been in that situation myself um i don't know i think it's not weakness love it's love love is something really great love is something it's amazing but uh I don't think, I don't think, I, I would think that I will say to that one person that um, this is the way I show who I am. If you think that I'm weak, that's okay, because you know that you aren't weak. 
is it's all about your mindset isn't it your mindset mm -hmm. what do mm -hmm. you think about yourself what are your thoughts your personal thoughts about yourself i was reading a book actually is from dr professor uh, matej mutalab and uh, it's the art of die empty in english the book is in in portuguese and there was something what's your thoughts about yourself where, where you want to go who you are you need to know who you are you need to, what is your purpose of life i know that a kid doesn't know doesn't think a lot of purpose of life maybe if the parents start teaching him very very young mm -hmm. you know but you need to, to to make sure that you put those insights in your kid like you are great you have those tools you are more than able you know let them talk let them say what they want you know who you are so this is it's all about mindset mm -hmm. okay so i think um to add on what cecilia was saying um if you give love love is 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 the 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 greatest power that exists if you show love to someone who hasn't got love or who did not act with love then you break the power of negative acting on that person mm -hmm. so as i was saying you cannot be assertive in communication without being empathic so the process of being empathic in communication involves love to understand other person even if he acts aggressively you have to understand the person you have to embrace the person in order to act in a way that you bring him a social uh, positive change and and i agree with that because um sometimes you don't know what a kid has gone through or what their home life is like so they just may be acting out or this is a way to get an to get attention so by taking the time to to know him to talk to him to show them love i mean that's something that you in the end you may be helping him to overcome or become a better person so i yeah i, I agree with that i agree with that i'm going back to professor because i want to know if this is something that happened to you because you were passionate <laughs> well it didn't necessarily it did not necessarily happen to me but i've seen it happen a lot i see it happen a lot especially in my uh, in my neighborhood where I was in my where I was in called mashiken that's where I was and uh, mm -hmm. i see it happen a lot kids are fighting and then uh, the parent each parent comes in to defend his own child then mm -hmm. he, like my, my friends some of them i mean grew up totally different uh, open they took uh, we took uh, different directions in life. Uh, it's, it's some even it's even hard to, to know and see the, the, the path they've taken. But then I connect that with our childhood. Mm -hmm. When they were in trouble, I mean, without other kids, their parents would just come to defend their child, regardless. And uh, they even there to threaten the parent of the child that was abused. And they put the child and just go. But today, if we, if, if we fast forward, those same kids whose parents were defending being right or wrong are today, uh, I mean, some in the drugs, for example. I mean, uh, they've, taken, they've taken a different path. So uh, I thought this would be very important because if you're talking about uh, communication, it, 
into to bring to bring it into uh, into social change, we need to understand that society is a group of people that come from homes. So we need to go back to the basics. That's why I was asking that question. Okay. And uh, if, even to add to that, I, I, I totally agree with the answers which our panelists have presented. But then I have, I have another question. Should I scold my child or not? Because she talks about love. I go there, I show love, which is okay, wonderful. But then uh, do I have to scold my child at some point or just show love to my child? Because I understand Cecilia was saying, I, I, just, I go to the spot and I got to talk to my child and help him understand that what she did is wrong and then show love to her. But then do I still have to reprimand my child if she's wrong for the wrongdoing? If yes, when do I do that? Right on the spot or just back home? Remembering that if I do on the spot, I might affect uh, the self-esteem of my child. But then if I take my child home, I may soften up and just hug my child, like Cecilia said. So please. <laughs> I think you got that. Um, um, I think that when we, we solve our problems uh, in private, I think this is, is much better. So for my child, I, I think I could take him to home, then I will talk to him, correct him. Not always it's necessary to be the child. There are times that's necessary for sure, but not always. Not all problems we can solve by big. I think I can solve this problem with my child by talking to him, explaining uh, what could be, for example, uh, the, neg the negative impact of what he did if he continues doing that and try to show him the best way of doing things. And I believe in the process of his growth, he's going to understand the way I'm educating her and bring up him uh, the, different on, the differences of what he's having from his actions. He's going to learn from that. I think taking him to home, explaining him um, the impact of his action, positive and negative, I think could be the best way of uh, of um, of, uh, of talking to him assertively. That is my view. Okay. Um, Cecilia, did you want to add anything before we wrap up? No, I'm I'm just totally okay. He's a father, you know. <laughs> okay. So if I let, let me why I'm saying that I could take my, my kid to home. The way I was I was I was brought up was different. If when my mother would slap me right away in front of my friend. Uh, that could not be a good thing for him. So I would take my yeah. kid to home, solve my problems with him at home. Okay. Okay. Maybe, but, uh, um, maybe I totally agree. 
my mom used to do exactly just like that. Every time she wants to rebuke me, even until today, she never does like just in front of everyone. You know, she calls me in particular, and then she starts saying like in a very gentle way, like Cecilia, you maybe another time don't do this in this way. And there's something, there's this power, power parents. I can call it like that. Let's just pin it, power parents. But when they talk to you gently, when they talk to you in a very soft way, you know, mm -hmm. because they can be soft and tough at the same time, you know, and they talk to you like, you should have done this way. When she talks with me like that, I know that I did mess. <laughs> Just did mess. So this way of talking to your kids has a great impact for you than being shouting or speaking in front of everyone just to make sure that everyone knows that you talk with your kids properly you just correct them so i definitely agree i'll go to this one i hope i hope i we i just said the wrong <laughs> okay okay um so professor uh we're gonna go ahead and wrap up now matter of fact we went over <laughs> but that's okay is there anything that you'd like to add before we close out no, just want to say uh, appreciate the panelists for the time they've taken to be with us over here. I just love the way you've answered uh, this last question. It is very common. common. For example, uh, because I think it's a very tricky position to be in as a parent because you want to instill these principles in your children, your child. But then at the very same time, you do not want to embarrass your child. But then you want to also instill the principle. So it, I think it's kind of a good position to be in because we wanted this person to know uh, he was wrong and to do and, and learn how to do what is right. But then if you embarrass your child, that may have a negative effect on his self-esteem. Mm -hmm. Like if you do it public. So it's a very interesting situation, but I'm, I'm good. Thank you so much for, for the way you've answered the, the question. Okay. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up and I'm going to leave these words with you. As the world approaches new challenges, our success will depend on our willingness to have multi-dimensional conversations, even when they are uncomfortable. We will need conversations that lead to greater understanding. We will need conversations that uncovers the future generation's expectations. We will need conversations that bridge the gap between widening age ranges. We will need conversations that matters. I'm Dr. Sonia Robinson. Thank you to our guests and thank you to our viewing audience for joining us today. And I will see you next week. Thank you. Thank you.